0: Hello everybody, it's Colin Ellis here, welcome to another Culture and Coffee podcast and today I am recording live in Collingwood which is a suburb to the north of Melbourne, it's probably about, I don't know, maybe... Fifteen minutes on the train, north maybe about fifteen minutes, and I'm in a I'm in a great little cafe called Terra Twilight. Great name, and I love the website actually because uh, when you go on the website, which is terratwilight.com.au, it's, it's nice people, great coffee. Yeah perfect combination and I am having a batch brew to start the day I'm having an Ethiopian batch brew so if you remember I've mentioned it in previous podcasts a batch brew is just like a kind of a tall flask of coffee essentially they filter it into the flask and then just serve it straight from the flask um delicious and I love my Ethiopian coffees Uh, that is fabulous got it in a big mug diner style but obviously Tasting really, really great, uh, and I, I, I come directly here from dropping my son off, um, who is he's doing some extra work as an actor. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, kind of acting and, and acting up uh, because I think that's something that we're doing. Work, so I'm going to talk about that on the the podcast today. Uh, but how was your weekend? Hopefully, you've had a good weekend. It's been Beautiful weekend here in Melbourne. It's going to be a beautiful day here as well today, I suppose. And the big news for me, for those of you who've seen the Instagram, is I did karaoke on Friday night with my friends for the first time in a couple of years. So uh, my throat was just a little bit rompy on Saturday. It's good to be singing indoor again. So a big shout out to um, my friends Alex and oh my god, who was there now? So Alex and Nina and Monique. Uh, and uh, oh my god the other guys who I can't remember isn't that terrible anyway you know who you are um, so yes did karaoke and a load of jobs it was one of those days Sunday was one of those days where the whole day it was a beautiful day I went to the gym came back from the gym and I feel like that was the only time I spent outside did a load of stuff by the end of the day it was just like where did that day go do you know what I mean when you do that um, but yeah no it was it uh, was it was a great weekend great weekend so yeah so i dropped my son off my, sorry, so my son he's he's 15 he really wants to be an actor and like he's got that he's got that confident personality I don't know where he goes, he's got that real confident personality and, and like he's one of those like naturally funny people so i think he'd be really good at acting so we're really encouraging him you know, with that, so he's with an agency. Although, you know, he wants to be an actor, but for the last two years, there's been little or no drama performances going on. So it's kind of stymied his his ambition somewhat. But anyway, he got approached about a month ago three weeks ago, forward to um, to do some extra work, uh, so that's where he is today, he's on site, I dropped him off at like 6.15 in the morning, he had to do a Covid test, first Covid test he ever had to do, so like his day is going to improve after that, he's like oh my god, is this what people have to do? I'm like yeah dude, it's what we have to do to prove that we're negative, negative." Um, and I left him there and of course you know we talked about being curious and listening and you know best to take everything in. Um, So yeah, so he's kind of a mix of nervous and excited, uh, which is great. Uh, But it got me thinking when I was planning the podcast yesterday, it it just got me thinking about kind of this concept of acting, of of putting on a different face, of assuming a different persona, almost, and the fact that... You know, many people do that when they actually go to work. You know, we've all done it, I, I, I'm saying like, like I've never done it, and I've definitely done it myself. So I'm just gonna, gonna talk just a, a, about that on the podcast this morning, and, and some strategies, some things for you to think about if you feel that you're doing that. I remember in one of my personal, one of my permanent jobs, you know, when I was uh, head of the department, we had a leave and do for a guy who was retiring. And this guy—he was one of those—he was one of those guys, and and like just hu- hugely capable person, like depth of knowledge, like he'd been there a while, been with the organisation a while, like incredible depth of knowledge. But he was just a bit miserable, do you know what I mean? Like when he walked through the door, like he was dragging his face in a plastic bag behind him, <laughs> he was just scraping it on the floor. It's like, oh, here he comes gob on the floor again and um, I could never figure out why now I didn't do that classic thing you know telling him to be positive and have a you know g- growth mindset and all of those things that immediately sap your positivity come on be positive oh god do I have to um, but I just focused you know when I when I took over the team I think he was like uh, yeah, I want to say he was like one way from the tournament. and and um, I just, you know, my goal was to make sure that he was, you know, being a good team member, doing his job well, contributing, and, you know, to be fair, he did all of that. He just, he just went about it with a kind of resignation. Um, and I get it. Anyway, we had his leave and cut a long story short, we had his leave and do, uh, and uh, his wife came up to me, and she was like, oh, it's so great that you're doing this, and, you know, we put on cake and drink and all the stuff. And she said, I'm just so surprised hearing the stories. I was like, well, what do you mean? She was like, oh, well, I've been asking, you know, kind of what, what they thought of my husband. And they said, oh, you know, he, you know, he has his moments. He's just a bit grumpy. She's like, that's not who he is at all. That's not, you know, the kind of person we see at home, you know, he's a granddad and he's, he's like, he's fun granddad. He's always making the grandkids laugh. And anyway, I went up to him later on, you know, and just thanked him for his service and all of those kind of things that you do and I said I'm just I'm just rested." I, I spoke to your wife and she said that you know you have a life and soul at home I was like what's going on you know and I did it in a jokey way I wasn't like how dare you bring your miserable self to work when you could have been the life and soul you know I wanted a party here and you didn't bring it you know did it in a, in a jokey way and um, I said, I was just interested, you know, kind of why you felt that you couldn't bring that to work. And he was just like, just not something you do, is it? You know? Just not something you do. I'm I'm doing the voice, like, making him sound really grumpy, just not something you do. You just don't bring that side of yourself to work, that side's for home and family. And I just felt really sorry, and I apologised to him, I said, I'm really sorry that in the short time we worked together I wasn't able to create an environment where you were able to." of bring that side of yourself to work and i think for him and i think he even mentioned something i'm paraphrasing now but he said something like you know he, he had the enjoyment beaten out of him early on or some, something along those lines and and so i thought that was really really sad so yeah you know it it, it really got me thinking about this kind of bringing you know bringing your whole self and your best self to work. It's something that people like, you know, people like me talk about, you know, but I'm always, I'm always careful to talk about the reality of that. And the reality of, uh, of that is you're just not always able to do that. Um, now, now, self-aware individuals are the building blocks of, of great teams. They're the building blocks of great cultures. So every time you've got a great team, what you've got is a load of people who know themselves, who understand themselves. And so I think fundamentally, we get the kind of people we are. Um, it, you know, and then there's just a number of factors at play as to whether that's the person that we kind of, you know, show up and work. So, so, so a few things. So if you find yourself in that, in, in that place where you don't feel like you're able to bring your whole self to work, right? So the first thing I think is, is to be really clear about the va- your, your own values. You know kind of who are you what do you stand for what's your plan you know and you don't have to map out the next 20 years but you've at least got to know what you're looking to get out of your life your career and you know the last the last two years you know i'm recording this everyone's listening to this in the future i'm recording this beginning of 2022 I, I, it looks like we're just coming out of what has been a pretty rough two years and I think our values have been tested you know and I, I one of the things that people have done is really evaluate kind of what they're about and like what their plan is um, and, and 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 then a taking step so kind of who are you what do you stand for and then does the organisation share those values I, I, I can think of one example for myself where they didn't and I wasn't able to bring myself to work. I remember, you know, I joke all the time about the fact that It only takes three weeks in a new job before you find out what you've really joined, not what they sell you at the interview, like in the interview, oh it's a fantastic opportunity, it's been a great challenge. We want you to learn and grow and like within three weeks you're performance managing about twenty-five people and you find out that you know you don't have the car park spot, but that you said that you would and you're still on Windows 8 and you're using Kit that's fifteen years old. <laughs> All of those things we are just like, what have I joined? But I remember joining one organisation and they talked about fairness, they talked about equity, they talked about inclusiveness and they were none of those things and they were the organisations that I was looking to join. I wanted to join organisations that were forward thinking. I wanted to contribute to culture. I didn't want to have it rammed down our throats. I didn't want to work for bullies. I didn't want to work for people who made excuse for bullying. And this was one of those organisations it was a government organisation as well. And uh, so I was on a I was on a contract there, you know, I was kind of brought in to transform the, the culture of the team and working hard on that. And it just got to be too much and I, and I found that you know kind of if you know me and like you know listen to these podcasts if you're watching any kind of videos on YouTube or anything like that, you know I'm quite a energetic person I've got lots of ideas, you know I like to kind of really involve people and I found that I was like a a, a, a tortoise almost in my shell you know I was quiet, I was really working long days all of the cultural things that I did in other jobs I wasn't really doing I found I was overworked I was working hard not smart all of those things sorry just take a sip of my coffee there so it didn't share my values and they asked me to renew my contract and I said no now I you know classic motivational speaking would say if you're unhappy in your job quit like it's really not that easy you know, especially if you don't have a lot of money, if you don't have a lot of options, if there aren't that many roles out there for you, yeah. It was an arrogance sometimes in, in people who stand on stage as to order people to do stuff that, you know, without empathy, really, that they're not in a position to do. And, you know, I at the time, we owed you know, we had a big mortgage. We had two young kids. Like, it was a, it was a tough decision that I had to make, but I knew that I couldn't keep going there because it was making me unhappy, you know, and I eventually found another contract. It was the right thing to do, but it was uh, touch and go for a while. So that's the first thing, I clear about your values. I think the next thing is to check your attitude. Now, your attitude is the biggest decision that you make every single day. Every single day is kind of like, how am I showing up? What am I going to do? How am I going to make decisions? What kind of person I might bring into work. Now your mindset is a collection of your attitude. So it only needs one, yeah, I've talked about this in a previous podcast, it only needs your your attitude to be bad towards something that affects your mindset. So your attitude may be great towards your job, but it might stink towards your boss, right? The managers I'm coming to you in a minute. Um, And that will affect your overall kind of mindset and consequently pull all of your other attitudes down and before you know it you're having a bad day and bringing everyone else around you and the thing is right is culture is is defined team culture really is defined by its collective mindset of the team so if just one of you has a fixed mindset or you know or has a bad attitude let's say towards your job then there's a good chance you're going to bring everybody else down so you can have a real impact on the culture you know I Hands up who's ever worked in a culture, like not literally, particularly if you're driving as you're listening to this, but like hands up who's ever worked in a a culture where you're like, I'm bringing my best self to work and then there's just one person that pulls it all down. Right? Now, you know, you might want a different job, in which case it's up to you to be proactive and look for it. No one else is gonna do it for you. It's not gonna fall into your lap. You might have to study at weekends and weekends to get that job. You might literally want to go and study and there's an element of risk involved in that and, and you know, you have to work everything out, make sure you've got enough money to live but then make that decision. Or you know what, you might just be stuck in a rut doing something you, you don't enjoy. A, a mate of mine was a finance manager, just didn't want to be a finance manager, just didn't really, didn't really chide with his personality to be honest. And So his attitude towards his job was, I'm really bored all of the time. I'm like, dude, you've just got to stop talking about this. I was like, you've got to do something about it because it's affecting your attitude and it will definitely be affecting the attitude of those around you. And he eventually got a job and he went and did innovation. He loved it. He loved it. Um, And in those instances, what you've got to do is find a way to kind of, you know, until you, you... until you're doing the thing that you want to do at that moment in time that's helping you get towards the plan that you have for your own life you've just got to find a way to get through work again you know I'm an optimistic realist um, you know I like to see the good in things but I also sense the reality and so, and so some days you just literally have to get through the work you have to set yourself up for success tick your boxes be a good teammate, be a good human being contribute take responsibility you know and and uh, and you know, kind of work towards where you actually want to be. The next thing is courage. And so, this was something. Um, so, when I worked in government, there was this, there was this, almost this mindset of playing a political game. Now, I know the nature of government is politics. You know, and often you're doing work on the whim of the minister or whatever it might be. Um, But there's a lot of people internally who play politics. And I remember that. I remember one of my bosses saying, oh, you have to learn how to play the political game. And that really, again, that affected the person that that showed up at work because I thought, this is just not me. This is just not who I am. And, like, the values. We had had a good values match with the organisation. But there was almost this cultural kind of conformance that was required in order for you to gain acceptance and um, I didn't want to do that so you know again it, it affected you know it meant that I had this game face on and you know I was constantly I don't know, challenged by this need to play a political game. You could see all these other people doing it, people, you know, um, who were overestimating costs and sizes of things in order to get things approved, making things seem bigger and better than they actually were in order to get stuff approved or backstabbing other people. And I just nah I wasn't gonna do that. I remember having a word with myself one, one evening and, and and being like, No, I was hired to be The difference. I wasn't hired to conform. You know, I you know I was hired to bring something different, and so what that really required was me to be a little bit more courageous, to not play that game, to not be like everybody else, to not play politics, to not gossip and stab people in the back, to not just follow the same mindless processes that people have been following for years and and not look at ways that we can improve them. And you know, once I had a bit more courage and and once I made a decision to do some things differently, then I had to have the courage of my conviction and, and, and stick to them. And at that point I was, you know, I was able to be me again. I was able to bring everything that you know the organisation was looking for and you know even challenge some of those that they interviewed. I remember boss my boss saying, I remember him saying something like, it was a slow start, but you're finally making things awkward for me. And like he wanted that, but I got myself into the position where I was conforming without really being told to. That's just what the culture demanded. And then the last thing, so, so kind of clear about your values, attitude, courage, the last thing. And, and managers, I'm directing it, this this to you, because for me, the, the most prevalent reason why, why people aren't able to bring their best self to work is because it's just not safe to do so. It's not psychologically safe to do so. You know, um, it's your responsibility to, to bring people together, to co-create that safe environment, you know, that's what, cultures are the sum of everybody, so everyone's got to be involved in it, right? Everyone's got to get a say. As managers, you've got to facilitate these conversations, uh, you've got to make sure that you, you know, kind of make promises to each other, and then you've got to make sure you keep those promises to each other. And so what it requires is, is lots and lots of empathy, but not too much empathy, you know, this is the real, you know, one of the real challenges for managers when you're building culture is how do make sure there's not too much empathy? Now, I know you're probably listening and but Colin, you can't have too much empathy, can you? Well, you, well, you can because you can seek too much input and things will then take way too long because you're always trying to reach a consensus. You're trying, you're trying to please everyone all of the time, which is just not possible. You know, when you have too much empathy, there could be too much secrecy. You're trying to protect people from the truth, you know, rather than kind of telling them what they need to hear when they need to hear it, You, as a manager you can become an emotional sponge and you end up worrying everybody else's problems, have you ever done that? It's exhausting, you're carrying everyone else's problems around with you like in one of those canvas bags. Um, the other thing about too much empathy, you can kind of become paralysed by negativity, so you want a healthy balance where Kind of everybody knows each other. Everybody appreciates who they are. A, a, we've agreed what it what it means to be a good human within our department and to do our job well. There's lots of trust. Um, you know, trust is assumed. It's not earned. You know, and and, and there are conversations that take place regularly. You know a number of of program culture programs, you know, one where I come back once a quarter to check in that staff are doing the things they said they would, once, you know, I I, I come back once a month with some clients, and there are opportunities uh, for for staff to come together and talk about what they've learned, talk about how they've grown, talk about what they're doing, you know, just to maintain that safety they have within the team, and managers, it's your, your job to facilitate that. Because when people feel able to bring their best self to work, when they don't have to put a game face on, when they don't have to act, then they're happy. and they're happy, they're productive, and everybody wins. You know, so my, I guess my plea, my suggestion to you is to do everything you can not to act when you're in work. Now. If you're looking for more insights into culture, if you're looking for a community of people who who are bringing their best self to work every single day, then we'd love you to join us on the Culture Makers community. It's it's free to join. You can head over to www.culturemakers.community and you can join us. There are over 500 people now from around the world sharing ideas like you've heard on the podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed it. To our for now.